0: Coming up on the uh, Soundrider Show, we have got information on where you're going to be able to buy the new Harley-Davidson live wire. And I know every one of you has $30,000 stashed away right now to get it. Uh, we're going to be talking about some new products on the market, everything from tires to jackets to boots to you name it. And uh, not Harley-Davidson, but another motor company is coming out with an electric mountain
1: bike. All that and more in just a moment. Support for SoundRider and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by... Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. This is Rob from Motofic Group. Welcome to the SoundRider Show. Now live from the Crow's Nest studio
2: in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now here are your hosts,
3: Tom Marin, Garrick Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Motorcycle riders from across the Pacific Northwest and around the world this is the February edition of the Sound Rider Show and setting hearts ablaze with the love of motorcycles and a little zest of orange. I'm sitting here with publisher, <laughs> founder, chief operating officer, and so much more, Tom Marin, And, of course, I, myself, Derek Roberts, the utility man and self-dubbed this month, editor-at-large. Tom, what's going on this month, this February, man? It's looking like it's going to be a good one.
0: Uh, it's the uh, orange-infused oil.
3: That's, that's, that's what's right. going on. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: you know, I haven't tried that in my bike yet.
3: Yeah, I think mm. you might want to, uh, if you do that, at least write that up on the uh, the Soundwriters Mythbusters episode that we always talk about. Right?
0: <laughs> but you're liking that in your tea today, aren't you?
3: Yeah, you know, it's adding uh, a little flavor to things and kind of these... Doldrum months for motorcycling. And, uh, you know, because of that, we, uh, you and I, we actually had to take a little trip north of the border to get our motorcycling fixed last month.
0: We did. Yeah. We did. We did. We went to um, Vancouver. Well, we really went to Abbotsford outside of Vancouver. That's right. Yeah. Went up and visited their annual motorcycle show. Uh, what was your favorite bike of the show this year?
3: Uh, well, mine was the V85, the Moto Guzzi, because that was the first time that I had a chance to actually see the new adventure tour from uh, Moto Guzzi. And I missed
0: it, but I think I saw it off in the corner of my eye. Was it black?
3: No, this was uh, orange, white, it and red. It was that orange, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, that was kind of the highlight for me because I thought it was really the only brand new bike that we haven't had a chance to that i haven't had a chance to engage with in person yet so i was pretty pretty stoked to get my hands on it and actually see it face to face
0: mine was the uh new versus 1000 sport touring bike all loaded up with luggage oh sure that was an orange one right yeah 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 and i like that bike i thought it was really nice looking uh well, it had the, uh, the the like, three-point alloy wheels on it. This is not something you're going to take into dirt.
3: Yeah, it had some rims on there as opposed to the spoked uh, wheels that you might see. We actually did a little comparison at the end of the show there because mm-hmm. at first blush, it kind of reminded me of a V-Strom 1000, and then once we circled around, we found that uh, the Versus 1000 had two 17-inch wheels, and uh, the V-Strom
0: no no yeah yeah you're right yeah the versus had 17 and the v-strom had an 18 in the back and 19 in the front that's right
3: yep. yeah so a little bit of a different setup there but I, I agree with you i think that was a nice bike
0: yeah i if i had to pick a road burner bike out this year i think that might be the one
3: of the new ones or just in yeah general? if somebody yeah, said uh,
0: tom your bikes are all just got stolen you need to buy a new road burner bike i think sure. i would go get that that uh, Versus 1000.
3: Well, I think there's a lot of similarities there with, like, the NC700X and that kind of thing. Obviously, a little mm-hmm. more power, but I think a nice sort of all-around uh, motorcycle for a lot of riders out there. I would agree with that. I, I've been really impressed just with the whole Versus lineup, you know, from the 300 up to the 1000. I think Ka- Kawasaki's done a real nice job.
0: And I think if you ask me that question next month, so you're going to get a different answer.
3: Well, we'll ask it again. I'll make sure to do that on the uh, on the March show. <laughs> but overall... Um, you know, I thought it was uh, as a worthwhile trip. Not a ton of new stuff, but considering where we're at here in the Pacific Northwest, it's nice to know that we can drive a few hours north and at least, you know, rely on that show at least for the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we got another show coming up. We'll talk about on the calendar a little bit. Yeah.
3: Let's see what well, else. Let's is... talk about the things at the Vancouver Motorcycle Show. or The one thing, anyway, that we were hoping to see that we didn't.
0: Yeah the the
3: HD Live Wire. That's right.
0: Yeah, I thought it was going to be there.
3: Yeah, Palmer. rumors abound, but it wasn't up there. And I guess the reports that I am getting locally here is that we're not going to see them on the floor until probably about August.
0: Yep, that's what I read. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I wonder, um, I think when we get to News Bites, we're going to talk about who's going to have it at their store. Right. And uh, I don't know if we're – I don't know if we're ever going to see this on the floor because um, uh, this is going to be – I think it's going to be similar to the Nikon where – People will pre-order them, and they'll come and get them, and they're gone.
3: So it's going to be interesting to see because I, I got to tell you, my instinct was the exact opposite. My instinct is that they're going to use it as a show pony to get people through the door because you can buy brand-new Harleys. They start at 6800 and I don't think people are aware of that. So I feel like maybe some of the younger crowd that they were hoping to attract with this or that they've talked about attracting – I think maybe this brings them into the floor to kind of look around, and then you realize, oh, wait a minute, I can get a Sportster for nine grand. So you think
0: if I want to buy one, that I'll have to wait thirty days for it to sit on the floor before I can come and get it?
3: I think that's a real possibility, huh? Yeah, I think there's that's, but that's not entirely unusual, right? For a lot of high uh, demand models, that sometimes happens. We're seeing that even a little bit, I think, with some of the Honda Monkeys right now. Um, well, we know
0: when like, uh, when a bike like the Honda RC 51 came out, I think that was in 2000 or even like the Acura NSX when that car came out, right. uh, the NSX had a $60,000 price tag on it. And if you wanted one, you were going to pay $90,000 yeah. and the same, it, it was true with the RC 51. It was, uh, like a twelve thousand dollar bike and if you wanted one you were going to pay fourteen
3: or fifteen sure so
0: they did stay you know they did appear on the showroom floors for a while before they were gone
3: yeah i mean i think that for me that's the move that i would make if i were harley i'd want people to come in take a look around maybe buy some t-shirts and look at the other motorcycles even just driven by that curiosity factor that's what makes sense to me
0: so there was an article that came out in uh, i believe it was in ride apart about the uh, the price And the range thirty thousand dollars with one hundred and ten mile range before you had to charge it up again, right? And uh, a lot of people said, "I would never touch one." Yeah. So uh, I am wondering if we got a museum piece rolling into the showrooms here in August. But uh, you kind of you were you were back in the motor company. What was your take on this?
3: That's right. Yeah, I am. I am behind HD one hundred percent on this one because you know, first of all. Do you really think that the Harley Davidson brain trust sat around and they looked at this price tag when they were setting this price and they said, "Hey man, this is really going to set hearts afire. We're going to sell millions of these. We're going or we're going to sell tens of thousands of these." <laughs> Everybody knew exactly what the reaction was going to be. And the whole idea here, I think, is that they're not anticipating or even looking for mass adoption of this motorcycle. They're trying to they're trying to get involved in the space but long term, they're they're thinking, hey, this is going to be at least a 10 year project before we see cultural cultural adoption of this. Even if we look at something and everybody that is kind of taking a, a negative view of the price, everybody's always comparing it to zero. Zero, I think, made, you know, reports are saying maybe about two thousand motorcycles last year. And yeah, i love worldwide. Yeah, and I love zeros. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I think they're doing great work, but there is still that sort of cultural hurdle that they're going to have to clear and i don't think harley wants to be the one paving the way installing infrastructure uh taking the lead and developing battery technologies they're selling a quarter million gas-powered bikes right now a couple hundred live wires that's that's a different a different realm they're playing in
0: yeah you know and it's interesting because polaris bought bramo uh years some years ago out of oregon yep. and uh, and they had the impulse motorcycle which was racking it up in racing and, uh, and when they decided to uh, put the victory line to bed, they took the whole electric motorcycle thing down with it and yeah. <laughs> no, they paid all that money for all that technology and then they just put it to rest.
3: There has been a ton, a ton invested in electric motorcycles over the last decade. Yeah, you think
0: that do, 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 do you think that Harley will hang with this for 10 years?
3: You know, I think that what they would probably do is well, you know, first of all again with this price point, you can always go lower. And I think that's something that they were very cognizant of. Yeah, maybe they could have squeaked the motorcycle out at 18 grand and made 500 bucks a unit, but I think that they're looking at the at the longer picture here and they're saying, "You know what? Let's set this high because our first step for electric motorcycle adoption" It's probably going to be low-powered and international. It's probably not going to be here in the States. Mm. So I think they're probably starting to look at some of these technological ends and saying, well, maybe we can make some moves internationally while the battery capacity develops, while we figure out how consumers respond, our target consumers respond to the noises that we are mechanically inputting right because a lot of people <laughs> yeah. want the uh the churn of the combustion engine they They're want not the potato potato they do yeah a lot of people do so i think that there's a lot of things that need to be figured out and i was also reading that high-powered electric motorcycles like this and like some of the sport bike models out there uh-huh. account for less than a thousand units worldwide right in that Low-powered electric bicycles and scooters account for 1.8 million units worldwide. Well, see,
0: that's interesting to me is that Harley uh, is sitting on a prototype of a scooter. They're also sitting on a prototype of an electric bicycle, a mountain bike. And why aren't they simultaneously bringing those to market? And, And I mean, you know... Excuse the pun, but they'd really fire up the market if they did that, where they covered those different bases. And, you know, they're down uh, coming up uh, next week at or this week at the uh, X Games, and they're going to do some hill climb competitions with their bikes. And, you know, they they have an electric mountain bike race going on there at the same time and maybe even a scooter race.
3: You know, again, I – I mean, I like the idea, just as somebody who's interested in technology. But I feel like you you really risk alienate, alienating some of your customers if you make such a drastic move. I, I don't know if like you can, when
0: they like when they put the
3: Buell line out
0: because <laughs> they did. They alienated their yeah.
3: customers. They alienated their their employees. Yeah, there's still a lot of of uh, resonance from that. But you know, I just I I don't have any problem with Harley's doing because I. We're not going to see mass adoption, I don't think, of electric motorcycles for at least a decade. As much as I, you know, I'm probably actually right on the cusp of the realistic target market for the live wire. Mm -hmm. You know, probably somebody who doesn't have kids or somebody who's an empty nester, uh, maybe on the other end.
0: Well, I figured out the solution to the range.
3: Oh, yeah? Sidecar. There you go. Sidecar, full of batteries. Well, uh, Zero's already, they're in talks with Ural right now to, to partner on an electric Ural. Yeah, I know, but... yeah. But,
0: oh, 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 okay,
3: yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you would Ural, a, yeah. I thought you said zero. No, no, with... Well, yeah, zero and Ural.
0: Oh, okay. So zero
3: technology in a Ural motorcycle. So you would be able to load up that sidecar with batteries. Yeah. But I still, I don't know how far you're going to get on there. But I don't know. I think it's, for me, for my money, I think Harley made a smart play just because I don't think that anything is settled yet. And also, to their credit, this is my favorite looking harley davidson that is currently in the lineup i think it's a great looking bike it's a good looking bike yeah so, definitely so i don't know that's my two cents anyway it's
0: got that gothic electric thing going on i tell th- yeah it's i mean it's it's in good fact, style you know it's kind of like uh if they're gonna have some sound going on it could have like a gothic electric potato sound
3: <laughs> isn't that uh the name of your band that plays every other weekend gothic electric potato Well, that
0: was our third album uh, i
3: got gotcha, you yeah silly me but uh you know we'll be it'll be interesting to see how this develops and it'll also be interesting to see if some of the reported health benefits of motorcycling apply to electric motorcycles as they do to combustion engines
0: is anybody else figuring out he's transitioning to the next topic <laughs> right now which is uh, science proves that motorcycling is good for your health
3: well this article set the internet afire
0: yeah 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 it lit it up um, God, I don't know. You know, so the first thing somebody said was, where did they get that picture? Because it was like some guy on a scooter with a half-shell helmet wearing shorts. looked like he was in the middle of Vietnam somewhere or something. Yeah, standing
3: out in the wilderness.
0: <laughs> and, but regardless of, of who, who we're talking about, I think everybody falls into category. I think most of us would agree that motorcycles make us feel healthier. Uh, they, they get our attitude up a lot. And uh, it's interesting that it took uh, a while for anyone to to actually sit down and get this data put together.
3: Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm all for any uh, news that encourages people to ride. I just want to know if I'm going to be able to get a discount on my health insurance now just for being more mentally well. Yeah, I want a
0: discount on my health insurance for riding motorcycles. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I don't think that's coming anytime soon.
3: Yeah, you know, I admit I uh, I only took a cursory read of this article. I don't really know what they were claiming the benefits to be from, but I guess it would be anything that would sort of hobby-driven, right? The more involved you are in something, it has to have some mental wellness effect. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah because you you, you got a, positive, a more positive outlook on life when you know you're going to go and uh, – Oh, you know, do something like do the road trip tour in, in yeah. uh, May of this year. Shameless plug. If you know that's coming up, you know you're going to be smiling every day when you walk out of the office because you know what's coming up soon. That's so right, yeah. That's better than being trapped in a cage somewhere for a week or so.
3: I have to agree with you 100% on that. But, you know, it was really interesting to see the responses, the the positive response on Facebook in particular. Man, people were just digging it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that we haven't had a post that big since uh, we did the the old uh, hurricane tornado situation out on the Olympic Peninsula that happened in 1921, and we reran the
3: article. Right? Yeah, a little history perspective. So maybe
0: we'll rerun that someday if I think things are getting a little slow out there in social media land. Yeah,
3: get them jumping again.
0: Um, and you know, speaking of social media land, if anybody wants to read about how we wound up. Being a part of social media—that's uh, part of the history of Soundwriter. That's going on right now to celebrate our twentieth anniversary.
3: Great point. Yeah, and
0: there is an article about that online right now on Soundwriter.com. And this—this
3: so. this is one of twelve that we'll see this year in, in anticipation, yeah. right? Because we're yep. going to kind of break it down each month.
0: It—it it is. And what I found out as I was drafting out the outline is that twelve isn't going to be enough to complete the entire book. Ah. So there will be a book just like we did with the tenth anniversary. Nice, but we were able to run each of those chapters over the twelve months, and this time it's it's there's more than twelve chapters in there.
3: So that's cool, man. Yeah, twenty years though that's a uh, that's a major accomplishment. Just you think about all the motorcycles and people that you've met along the way. It's got to be pretty incredible to look back. So I'm looking forward yeah. to reading those as they come out.
0: All right, well we're gonna take a little break, and then when we come back, we get some news bites.
1: Support for The Sound Riders Show is provided in part by Cascade Motorcycle Safety. Featuring two ranges located in Anacortes and Bellingham, Cascade Motorcycle Safety offers beginner and intermediate rider courses and is certified to test riders for their motorcycle endorsement. For more information, visit their website at Cascade Motorcycle Safety today. Hi, my name is Dan Muir. I'm from Silverdale, Washington. I ride, among other bikes, an R1150GS, and my favorite local ride is to uh, head up to Port Townsend in the afternoon just for a cup of coffee.
0: this little situation that happened last week mm-hmm. and uh this this may be the last show Uh-oh. that we record on this surface Uh let everybody tally. hang
3: in there yeah <laughs> 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 i thought we were getting some real breaking news and news bites well it is this yeah. is
0: breaking news for sure uh what happened was i was uh going over to connie's house and i had the computer in my hand and dropped it on the sidewalk
3: and this is the computer that's been with us since day one that's right 49
0: episodes of the Soundwriter show (laughs) all on this little surface pro 3
3: that's like a, a bad 80s cop movie he's he's clinching the picture of his wife in his boat as he gets shot up on his last day of the job right
0: well, so the way the story goes is, I went ahead and got the f- the screen fixed. Now everybody says, you know, well, you could have just bought a new tablet for what you would have paid to fix the screen, but no, because this is a, a heavy duty production tablet. We we buy these with you know Intel iCore processors yeah. and lots of storage and lots of RAM because we have to do you know web development and that sort of thing using them. So uh, so I did that on uh, Wednesday. And then yesterday, my OtterBox exterior protector arrived. So I went to insert the surface into the OtterBox protector. Yep. Broke the screen again.
3: Again, back to back.
0: Never broke a cell phone ever in my life. Never broke a tablet ever in my life. I ended up breaking this poor guy two times in one week. So um, I don't think that that outer frame is going to handle another screen install. Yeah. And I think I'm better off. We, we may be seeing a Surface Pro 6 pop up here next month.
3: Well, you know, I heard uh, a similar thing happened uh, with Ricky Brabeck. I heard they tried to put an otter box on his engine, and that crashed Is it. that how
0: that yeah. happened? <laughs> was that something I felt so bad? I, I kind of felt bad for the guy. So Ricky Brabeck, he's a Honda rider. He yep. was in Dakar uh, last month. And uh, last year, he, he had a motor failure. It's heartbreaking, man. And this year, he had a, a mechanical failure again on the seventh leg of Dakar. And that's what I tell you guys on Sasquatch. Quit beating the crap out of your bikes, you know? you got to make it last through the whole thing. Uh, but it's interesting because, you know, it's it's events like Dakar or any kind of road racing. All those things are the – it's because of these failure failures that – uh, motorcycle quality gets better and better and better.
3: Oh, for sure, yeah. So much R&D comes out of this. That uh, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's really, it's too bad, because I think Ricky was leading, too, going into that seventh stage, right? He I believe was, he was. Yeah. He
0: started, kind of came out of the gate slow the first couple of legs, and then he got up there, and then... Goodbye. Really.
3: Yeah, oh, it's it's really unfortunate. I mean, the I guess the, you look at it in the grander scheme of things, and he's what twenty seven years old or so. So I think he's got. Oh, yeah, he's I think got, he's got a few shots. He's got three at it to still.
0: five years, and then he'll start jumping Caesar's Palace. Or <laughs> after That's that, right.
3: So. For uh, fifty grand to pop or whatever those guys get for their for their appearances. But you know what I really want to see down the line out of this is he's riding a a CRF four fifty L like rally. Yeah, is that like the new one, isn't it? Well, I don't know. That's the thing. Are we going to see that in street form? Are they going to give us a rally like they did with the 250 with the extended tank and that all that? That would be a or, good idea. I mean, I think that's kind of, for me, that's right now the one thing that I wish that the current CRF450Ls had was a little bit bigger tank. and Well, and protection. everybody says
0: and, you'll get aftermarket versions of all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah sure, can...
3: yeah. But I'd like to see because Honda did such a nice job with the CRF 250L Rally. Yeah. I'd really like to see them carry that over to the 450.
0: <laughs> do because, you think with that tall windshield on there that it probably slowed it down about 10 miles an hour on the freeway? <laughs> so instead of maybe going 75, you could only do 65.
3: I don't know. I don't know. It could add the reverse effect, though, too, right? Because if you're just sitting up without any windscreen, you might be a little less aerodynamic. Yeah.
0: And knowing Honda, they would have run that through a wind tunnel when they did it.
3: Yeah. That's some, another th- some
0: people don't.
3: That's another thing for the uh, Soundwriters Mythbusters show. We'll do it with and yeah. without windscreen. <laughs> um, you, you know what's fun
0: about having the Dakar happen in, in uh, January and having the Baja 1000 happen in December is um, we're not really doing anything right yeah. now. So uh, I know Whitney, Whitney Caberly was following this minute by minute. Uh, and I don't know where this gets broadcast. I'm a cable cutter, so I don't have a lot of the sports channels sure. that are out there. But um, interesting stuff, entertaining. And, uh, and and you know, while all this is going on, Scott Moon from Moon Motorcycles That's right. is uh, out cutting a new lease on a new location where they'll be moving the shop up to North Bend from its current location down in Issaquah. And if anybody wants to know why that's happening, I talked to Scott, and he said, they're tearing my building down.
3: Well, that makes so. sense. doesn't give you much room, uh, many other options. But, you know, that's, that's great, because Scott has had such tremendous success out there. I mean, I'm sure that he's going to be able to carry that over the North Bend.
0: Yeah, and I looked at the, where the location is. It's out on the west end of the city, uh, as you drop down on the, on the Highway 202 there. Right. Going toward Snoqualmie. Okay, yeah. So, um uh, won 't be right when you 're in town you won 't see it you 're going to have to cut down the highway to get to it but you 're not too far from Tweeds, so you can go get your pie and relive oh, you your twin peaks moments <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know I like that area of north Bend you know it 's kind of a nice little jumping off point for some motorcycle touring it 's usually where I kind of make my first my kind of pre-launch stop anytime i head out of town that way because i usually don't try to get gas here in the city or anything like that if i don't have to i like to get a few miles on and load up out there so maybe i'll stop and say hi to scott
0: yeah i usually it's true i usually go to that uh gas station where the mcdonald's is down by the factory outlets yeah that's right yeah the side of town there yeah um Hey, you know, speaking of watching things because we're not riding a lot, um, the Meekham auctions happened, and you had one bike that you watched roll down the floor, and I had another one that I saw that uh, took quite a. I'll tell you, I see you're looking up yours, so yeah, gonna, go ahead and launch. I'll into talk about there. mine. So there was a R eighty GS, uh, not an uncommon motorcycle for BMW, very popular bike back in the eighties. Probably one of the first real. Uh, adventure bikes that could go off-road. Uh, I know all you guys with the 67 scramblers will tell
3: me, nah, I was doing out with them, my daddy's scrambler. Ad- adventure bikes before they even had a name, yeah.
0: But uh, really, I mean, that R80GS was just sort of led the way into what became a, a pretty big market for motorcycles. Yeah, I'd And say somebody had a really clean one down in uh, Vegas there at the Mecham Options, and uh, went for 38 thousand dollars that's
3: crazy man
0: and i thought you know if you bought that what are you gonna do just wrap it up in a little blanket and put it away i
3: say go ride it i agree with you a hundred percent man that motorcycle was was designed to be ridden you got to get out there and use that thing
0: if the new buyer is listening i want to see you in idaho (laughs) on the sasquatch tour in july
3: yeah man i think uh god that that is such a that's such a gnarly price point for that but i guess we're getting to a point where, that is, it's starting to become a pretty classic slash vintage bike, huh?
0: Yeah. So mm. then what did
3: you see? You saw a Crawford? Yeah. So I actually saw, uh, apparently, a 1939 For- Crocker. Crocker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Crocker bike. Now, Big was that Gang. Betty's bike? It- <laughs> 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 That's what makes this one so special. It has muffin mix in the panniers. No. <laughs> Uh, it actually, though, it sold for 704000 and and uh, apparently it had its most recent title was a 1959 Idaho title. Wow. So right here in the Pacific Northwest. And, of course, this thing is all cherried out here. I mean, it looks like it's just been...
0: Didn't you just buy the Crocker through the Sears catalog, I think? No, maybe not.
3: Oh, I don't maybe know. Some other model. That might know. have been, yeah. It's, yeah it's, it might seem like a little bit of a reach for Crocker. <laughs> that was a
0: Cushman, I think. There you
3: go, yeah. Started
0: with a C. I, I think
3: you know. got that right now. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool, and considering it's coming out of Idaho, or at least the title was. I don't know where the bike was most recently located. Um, I figured it was kind of apropos to our, our show here, so I, I figured I'd share that with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, if you if, if the buyer of that bike is listening, we'd also like to see you bring it back to Idaho for the Sasquatch Tour in July.
3: Yeah, I would love nothing more than to see this uh, 1939, three-quarter-of-a-million-dollar motorcycle on the Sasquatch Tour. That's,
0: that's right. Sure. Yeah. Ride
3: it like you stole it, <laughs> baby. Because yeah. at that point, you probably did if you're actually riding
0: it out there. So. <laughs> well, we were talking about how... Um, uh Harley Davidson had a mountain bike under wraps. Uh turns out the Ducati is bringing one out. It's called a Mig RR and it's an electric mountain bike. So, I know a lot of you guys that ride motorcycles also like to be active with sports and and you need to find ways to do your aerobics and if you're, you know, if you've got the passion you you can now exercise it when you exercise.
3: Well, how does that work though on the electric motorcycle or on the electric mountain bike? Doesn't that defeat the purpose of exercise?
0: Uh, no, actually, no? most most electric bikes, including the one that I own and the one that I know that Proya had put out there, just basically they assist, but you still have to do a bit of work to get them going. I got gotcha. So it's not like you just grab the throttle and go because um, you'll just the battery will wear out way fast if you do that but uh, but having it uh assist you is the awesome part of it because i go up to the top of queen anne here in seattle now okay. and i would i would you know old man like me would just die trying to ride a bicycle without that electric assist all right i
3: got you yeah. it right, sounds to me though like if you're going to use it for fitness you have to ride twice as far to get half as many benefits
0: well, I'm riding that, you know, riding my electric bike a lot further than I would ride a normal bike. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It'd take me 30 minutes to get to the top of Queen Anne from where I am. Uh, it would take me an hour maybe to do that on a regular bicycle. Okay. And then I'd be dead somewhere around Fremont Bridge or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, another cool bike that was just dolled up um, the folks at Southbound Honda. Took a Grom and dressed it up as I, I guess they're calling it their their 2020 entry for the Dakar.
3: Yeah, so they got the knobby tires on there and uh, trick
0: exhaust right. system,
3: <laughs> special graphics, all on a Grom there, which looks pretty cool.
0: I'm um, gonna make a note to share that to the Facebook page. So by the time you hear this, you can go to our Facebook feed or or even our uh, news bites and and uh, see that bike yeah but
3: you know all in all all jokes aside this is actually a pretty good looking ground with the knobby tires on there everything I uh i can see if you live on a dirt road or out in the country you could probably have some fun on that thing
0: be a nice little commuter yeah yeah be a monkey on a monkey bike that's right <laughs> uh let's see okay uh you did some homework and you know where the hd live wire will come out because it's not coming at all the dealers so you want to call them out here? Yeah,
3: definitely. So here in the uh, Pacific Northwest, we're and going this will to,
0: be in August, right? Yeah,
3: in August we're supposed to see the live wire actually on showrooms floors. So uh, we've got the Emerald City in Linwood, East Side Harley Davidson, which will be over in Bellevue, of course. Uh, the newly renamed Jet City down in Renton, uh, Destination HD, which is the uh, Fife slash Tacoma location. Yeah, uh, Northwest Harley. davidson Not to be
0: confused with the silver,
3: the Silverdale one. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, we'll we'll see if it shows up there at some point. But at least in the official releases on the HD website, it'll be down in Fife uh, yeah. slash Tacoma. Uh, Northwest Harley Davidson down in I think that's officially Lacey, Lacey but yeah. Olympia Lacey area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paradise is in. Uh, Is that Tigard?
0: Yeah, Tigard. It's in Oregon, right? Beaverton, I don't know. I don't think they can figure out what city it's in. Which is
3: which? (laughs) And then uh, Lattice, which is in, where is Lattice? That's
0: in, uh, I think it's in Oregon City, which is south of Portland.
3: Okay, yep. Uh, Lone Wolf, which is out in Spokane. And then uh, High Desert, Harley Davidson. Some people know that as Spokorn. (laughs) Spokorn. Is that politically correct to say that, Corn? I don't think so. I don't I think, think so. Either. I'll probably get in trouble for that. Now. <laughs> Let me edit it out. And if you continue to head east, you can find it at High Desert Harley Davidson in Meridian, Idaho. So a handful that are going to be coming out to the uh, the PNW here.
0: Yeah. Um, if you're out shopping around for motorcycle insurance, you know what we see now and then is a company will drop their rates a of, of pretty fair amount. And uh, we got some information the other day telling us that state farm insurance has done a reduction on their motorcycle rates. so if you're if you're doing your shopping, uh, it might pay for you to get on their website and get a quote from them as well. Sure. So uh, let's see that. Is our news, bites? I think we're just going to jump into the calendar because it is February and there ain't really a whole lot
3: going on. A little light this month, but there's still actually some uh, pretty notable stuff that is going on, starting down in Portland.
0: So down in Portland on uh, the weekend of February 10th, we will have the One Moto Show happening. We talked a little bit about it last month. This is their 10th year. Yeah. Uh, should have some some pretty trick stuff in there. they got Indian as their sponsor now. Uh, always have some very cool one-offs down there.
3: Yeah, thats I mean, that's a major achievement, getting uh, Indian to sponsor that in 10 years, too. It's pretty incredible when you I look think, back.
0: I think Southbound should take that little Grom down there. Yeah. So they told me that Grom is uh, available for anybody to see until somebody buys it. Nice. I like that. So, uh, on the 16th, we got Ice Racing at the Angel of the Winds.
3: Arena. Arena, Yeah, so that's, Everett. again, as I think we clarified in the last show, that will not be the casino, but no. the former Xfinity Arena in Everett there. So, yeah, go check them out or get your studs installed and uh, sign up down yeah. on the ice, right?
0: Uh, and, you know, I uh, speaking of, of studs, they sell them at Skagit Power Sports. And Skagit Power Sports is having their eighth annual swap meet on the 23rd. Uh, the event goes from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. Uh, if you want to get a table, it's $15 per table and your setup is about an hour before I think it's at nine o'clock. Uh, all the details are on their Facebook page and we'll get a link on the calendar out to that as well. Um, and then coming up in March will be the Spokane try what do you call it the inner, yeah, the, inland, the
3: inland northwest motorcycle show and sale. That's right. Yeah, that's right. is the official title there.
0: So that'll be happening in, in Spokane, not Spokorn, Right. <laughs> uh, in in March, and doggone on it, that about does it for the calendar. Yeah.
3: So other than that, I'm sure there's a few pockets of uh, local events in there. So you know, always check in with your dealers. Because there are, you know, chili cook-offs and things like that pop up sometimes last minute. And if you're looking for a way to get out and kind of enjoy the world of motorcycling here in February, there's there's still some opportunities to do it.
0: Taking advantage of this drastic, horrific weather we've been having.
3: Yeah, you know, it's been... it's been pretty mild.
0: Yeah, it sure
3: has. You know, we've had a couple of rainy stretches, but overall, it's been a pretty mild winter with not a lot of snow. I think winter
0: came on about, like, just what, January 4th, and it was going on the 5th, right?
3: Well, hey, let's hope that, uh, you know, as long as it stays forest fire-free, I will take mild all the way to the like summertime. That. Yeah.
0: All right. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some new products that are hitting the market for 2019.
1: Support for SoundRider and The Soundwriter Show is made possible by The Rally in the Gorge. Are you ready to go beyond the main roads? Since 2003, The Rally in the Gorge has introduced riders intimately to the awesome secondary and tertiary roads in the Columbia River Gorge National Scenic Area. With programs for dual sport, adventure, sport touring, and sport bike enthusiasts, this is the rally you'll want to return to again and again. For more information, visit soundrider.com rally.
2: Hi, this is Ian. I live in Seattle. I ride a Kawasaki Versus, and this summer I'm going to be riding off-road in the Oregon desert. Hi, this is Scott from Araya Americas, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. <music>
3: Studio on the Soundrider Show, and we're going to dive into some of the new motorcycle-related products and gear that have caught our eye over the last couple of months, but before we do that, I want to make a quick note for anybody who is joining us for you know, one of the f- first times uh, listening to the show here, and that is uh, we don't always highlight everything that we have on the calendar, so there's lots more on there, and if you just go to soundrider.com calendar... You can check it out, and you can also submit links if you're listening and you have events That's that are right. coming up. So please let us know.
0: We definitely want to know about them.
3: That's right. and we I want to, to know, be the
0: clearinghouse for every motorcycle event in the Pacific Northwest.
3: I couldn't agree more because, there, like I said, there is always so much going on. We need, uh, we need a little fan participation there, right? Yep. So here's what I want to know, Tom. Yeah. Uh, new products that have caught your eye in the last couple of months. Why don't you give me your first thing on the list?
0: First one is the new ADV tire from Michelin. It's called the Anakee, and uh, it's an eighty twenty ADV tire. It's going to be standard on the new R twelve fifty GS, which came out in November, December. So you may have already seen this tire. That's true. But now it is available from your dealer, whether you own a BMW or not. Um, you know the, the thing about tires is the the, the technology. It's just been coming along, and and new things are happening. The tires that you liked twenty years ago are bogus now. You know, this is way better technology.
3: Well, yeah, you look back at just kind of the advancements, and I think tires are one of those things that really get overlooked as far as you know technological progress is concerned. Mm-hmm. But it makes a big difference uh, as far as your traction, especially riding here in the Northwest, trying to go year round. A good set of tires can really really make a difference.
0: So what they talk about at, at Michelin is that this has some sort of new silica thread compounds, which is supposed to aid in traction. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, somebody get a pair of these and try them out and let us know how they work. Because uh, silica, I thought, was glass.
3: Interesting.
0: But. Well, it could
3: be. I guess, I, I don't know. We'd have to look into that more.
0: Maybe it's just Sand before it's glass well
3: i'll take this opportunity to let michelin know that uh we are accepting sponsorships so if they'd <laughs> yeah. like to send us a few and uh you know
0: and yeah, derek will send you his rim sizes if you <laughs> want to <laughs>
3: right. i'd be happy to test these out <laughs> but uh always interesting to see and uh you know I, i'm digging the new r1250gs too i think that looks like a pretty a pretty gnarly ride yeah and yeah. i'm
0: seeing them around town people
3: are buying them oh yeah for sure for sure
0: all right, you got uh, a new jacket from the folks at Revit you want to talk about.
3: Yeah, actually, I think this would be probably a pretty good jacket on that uh, 1250GS. Uh, the Livingston jacket is uh, a touring jacket, which is kind of in the... I don't know, i see say Revit has really been one of the leaders, anyway, of coming out with gear that kind of crosses that city to technical aspect a little bit. And uh, this is one of their newest jackets. It's got, you know, detachable thermal liner, Hydratex G-Liner... Uh, It's got places for protection, shoulders, back, and all that kind of stuff. And just really great style for a guy like me uh, in particular who really values kind of the appearance of their motorcycle gear but still wants that technical um, availability.
0: I I do like the way their gear looks, and I always wonder if I bought some, would it make me look 10 pounds lighter?
3: I think it would make you look uh, 10 pounds lighter and 10 pounds smarter. How about that?
0: Oh, I, I didn't know we rated smartness by pounds, but okay. Um, now we
3: do. But yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of uh, of the Revit collection, and I think that this looks like a jacket that uh, I might pursue coming up here in the in the spring season.
0: So if you're listening, Revit, Derek will send you his
3: jacket size. That's right. Again, sponsorships, uh, feel free to send them our way. That's
0: right. Yeah. um. All right, well, speaking of jackets, Olympia has a new one out, so I guess we should have, like, the side-by-side test coming up soon. There we go. This is called the Olympia Richmond, and uh, there's quite a bit in the ad in terms of them talking about what type of armor is in there, and it's got YKK zippers, but there's nothing in the ad about waterproof is it waterproof. So,
3: which is interesting and we kind of had a little discussion off air was I'm not familiar does Olympia um, I guess they must. Do they make anything that's not waterproof? I well, I'm sure they probably make some mesh jackets. Oh, no, that's true, yeah. But
0: usually if you're going to have something be waterproof, you tag that somewhere in the ad whether it's Gore-Tex or your own creation. But uh, I didn't see anything in that ad that, that led me to believe that it was waterproof. So if you're thinking of looking at jackets, you're to be watching for that when you check these jackets out and make sure they are actually waterproof.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's a good point. And we always like to note the subtle difference between water resistance and waterproof, right?
0: Yeah. About the only thing I ever found that really is waterproof is Gore-Tex.
3: That seems to be…
0: Everything else seems to fail.
3: The industry leader. But, uh, you know, you also you pay a little bit of a premium for that, too.
0: So then you found some Kevlar pants with a funny name.
3: Yeah, so I've been going deep into to my research for gear, and I came across this company in Germany that's called John Doe, and they make, um, I don't know, I guess, what do we classify this stuff? Is this hipster motorcycle wear? I don't know. I mean, I would go, I would go for something like this, but they're Kevlar line pants.
0: Okay, are they, are they, do they look like blue jeans these yeah, are, they, they're kind of, oh, no, these are actually like a more like a textile pant that's got Kevlar in it. So
3: these are the cargo versions, but they do have the jean versions as well that they make. Okay. And it's just kind of, you know, we're starting to see more and more take on uh, sort of modern motorcycle wear stuff that you can wear on and off the bike. Right. And, uh, like, Ugly Bros USA is another brand that makes some Kevlar line stuff. And
0: there's and, a new line, and the name escapes me, but it's over at Seattle Cycle Center that they put in there.
3: That's right, yeah. I was actually down there just uh, the other day checking that out, and that looks like some pretty good stuff, too. And some of these are water-resistant, some very few are waterproof, but there's a few out there.
0: What I find with some of these is that they, they have this Kevlar, and they, you know, they'll tell you they're not going to open up for 50 feet when you're in a slide or whatever, but they don't have
3: padding, so, in the knees or in the hips? A lot of that is uh, bring your own padding. Okay. Right, and I think part of that is because, you know, with the Kevlar fibers and that kind of thing, when they do the interiors, it really drives the price up. Like, these are 250 pounds, and uh, that's... That's uh, the weight? Uh, no, the uh, the price. 250 so, pounds? Yeah, 250 Dollars. euros, I guess, now, right? Oh, it is 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 pounds. Okay. It. Yeah. pounds, okay. Yeah. Um, so these are, you know, higher end stuff and you see that along a lot of these lines because that kevlar stuff is pricey. Yeah. You know, kevlar's pricey. Yeah. But it does, you know, it's it's probably not as good as full on leather or a uh, you know, a full on technical suit, but for people who are looking for ways to you know kind of manage that fine line between everyday wear and technical wear There's are still some better options out there so, so
0: bond armor makes some interior armor that you put on that's right like a jersey that has a padding in the shoulders and the elbows and a a, a, a tight that you can put on with the padding in the hips and the knees so i guess you could put this on over your bond armor
3: Yeah, there you go. You could do that. That would be one way to really ramp up your protection, I guess. But you know, it's just another cool brand out there, and a lot of this stuff is starting to come out of Europe. So I've been kind of keeping my eye on, you know, some of the developments there too. And this is this is something to check out anyway. Um, Well, this
0: I've never seen anything like this before. This is a uh, a blinker system you can buy. It's LED. It's made by a company called Wiser Tech. And um, or wiser, and they're called Ultrabytes Two in One LED Blinker Upgrades. The front blinkers operate in an amber mode when you turn the blinker on. Otherwise, they go to a solid white as a secondary set of white LEDs. Oh, no, that's a good
3: idea, kind of cool. And then yeah. for the
0: rear, you get the amber mode for when you're doing the blinkies, and you get a red when you go and put your your foot brake on. Nice. Or or well, probably your handbrake too. But right. um kind of interesting that they've got that technology. I haven't actually seen this personally in action. I'd be interested in seeing it. Maybe we we'll get Cody to go get a set of these. There you
3: go. <laughs> have them test them out well you know it is interesting because although the the research on causes of accidents and that kind of thing in motorcycling is is so all over the place the one thing that does pop up again and again is that visibility can make a real impact so it makes you wonder with that secondary light source if that is one of those things that can just help uh help protect you from four-wheel drivers out there
0: you know um There's, there's good extra lighting and then there's just extra lighting that is so annoying to the oncoming driver because it's so ultra bright. And I was getting some lighting from my bicycle one day at the bike shop, and I said to the guy, hey, how about this one? He goes, don't do that. You'll just tick everybody off around you. It's way more light than you're ever going to need. Right. And
3: and uh, <laughs> you probably cause an accident if you turn that on. Well, it's a good point because you do have to walk that fine line. It's kind of like when someone's driving at you with their brights on, right? It becomes more of a distraction than than anything else. So,
0: But, you know, with all this LED stuff that's on the market now um, – you've got a, a bike that has a, you know, a low wattage rating yeah. on the uh, electrical system. Uh, if you convert the whole bike out to LED, then it may have enough wattage available for you to run a set of gloves or a jacket, or you couldn't do that before.
3: That's true. I might have to just look at it like a lithium battery or something like that too, right, to give me – Maybe a
0: sidecar. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> Put a hack on the <laughs> DR350. That would be something. <laughs>
0: so uh some new boots from alpinstar that you found
3: yeah so i think uh, that these came out uh probably actually about a year ago or so but you know i always again you know i hate to keep harping on the fact that i i i always look for sort of a, a fine line between appearance and, and technical uh, capabilities here and these boots kind of caught my eye because they look pretty sharp they're just a brown leather boot but uh they're reinforced and they're also waterproof and, and uh, what's your name uh so these are the elpenstars firm dry star boot okay and uh they look pretty good you know and um there's something that i am definitely considering again in the springtime here making an effort to purchase because uh i think you know something like this would uh really kind of enhance my my protection on the road here and yeah they're a little over 200 bucks but the way that they you look, got those and,
0: old mother hubbard military boots you wear now
3: Well, they've served me okay so far, yeah. (laughs) Like they're actually Timberlands, but. uh...
0: Um, you know I'll, I'll speak from experience I've had really good experience with the Alpestar products yeah I like the new stuff that's coming out just like we were talking about the st- how stylish the Revit is of course and and that whole dry star line that Alpenstar has been been working with uh, some really nice stuff in that line and i'd I'd take those boots on a half a second if I need a new set
3: yeah for sure I think that's uh, I think it's a good recommendation so
0: you you I wear 10 and a half what do you wear because uh, whoever's listening here from Alpenstar is going want to send us two about a, yeah, about
3: a ten or a ten and a half myself. So. And they
0: really should because the next the next product we're going to talk about is one of my picks. Is that CD redid their whole whole line of boots? No kidding. And they've got eight new models, and they're all done with Gore Tex, so wow. they're all
3: watertight, which is obviously very important, especially here in the Pacific Northwest.
0: Have you ever owned a pair of uh, CD boots? I have.
3: Okay. And what were your what was your previous experience? I went
0: back to the Alpenstars. Okay.
3: So maybe this with the Gore Tex is the
0: I seem to get a longer uh, lifespan out of the soles of the Alpenstars. Okay, that's that's what went fast on the
3: CDs for me.
0: But I know, you know, equally in the stores they sell about equally, and some people don't care about making their boot last for five years or not. Right. You
3: know? but, but at the time too, you were doing all that flat track racing, right? So you were really putting that foot out there. And- well, I didn't.
0: The, <laughs> the, the The rear brake on a motorcycle was broken, so I was ah, having to put my yeah. feet down every time I had to stop. Doing
3: the Flintstones things, so. and then
0: I went. Through, I burned through the hot shoe after about six <laughs> miles of that.
3: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's dangerous there. <laughs>
0: more more boots in the news. More this one's a talk. little bit different, though. Yeah,
3: this is a little bit different. And so one of the things that I like to do on my motorcycle is actually, you know, ride to places. And when I'm out touring, too, is I actually I like to do some backpacking. I like to do some day hiking. And that can be a little tricky when you've got – you know motorcycle boots and you've got all your gear and everything it's like where do you put an ancillary pair of shoes if you're trying to pack light so i started looking around and lately you know minimalist footwear has become sort of a big trend like it started in sort of like the paleo movement and now you've got you know crossfitters and all that kind of stuff but they've had like the five finger sort of vibram ones right that fit around your toe and that kind of stuff
0: uh, so they have a paleo movement that has to do with your feet and your boots. It's all kind of wired. Do yeah, they have there. like a a, a keto uh, version a keto? of the shoes? Yeah, too? a keto
3: version. Well, they're all they're all kind of South
0: Beach version.
3: They're all kind of related and I think <laughs> I think the thread that ties them together is discretionary or disposable income, but maybe that's for a, a, huh. another observation there. But anyway, these guys, Lem's, they make some minimalist footwear uh that packs super small and the idea is supposed to be for health benefits but i started looking at this and thinking you know what that might make a good second pair of shoes for the motorcycle because i might have some heavy duty Star boots on and then uh you know i might ride to the trailhead and might want to swap something out that i can actually hike eight or ten miles hiking and hiking that's right yeah and so you can kind of see here well you can't see it listening but uh, i'm going to show tom here a little bit the way that these kind of compress oh yeah and they get super small but they're still an actual
0: they don't look like they have a because they're they are as flexible as they are they don't have as much support around the ankles mm-hmm. as I'm looking at the picture you can look this up online That's
3: right and that's true that is true
0: it's called the limbs yeah L E M S
3: yep and uh but that's actually that's actually intended that way and that's sort of part of this uh natural feet movement is that lighter weight and uh lower support when you're out walking around not only does it strengthen your feet and your ankles but it actually returns you to more natural movement which some studies are starting to show all of this support and all these heavy duty shoes that we've worn for the last 20-30 years are actually having the opposite effect on your feet
0: you know the screen's broken on your brand new phone
3: uh yes i do know that yeah you that must have been saying,
0: hanging around me too long.
3: <laughs> it's affecting the entire studio here. So.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, last one here. This is not a new product, but it's not one you'll find very easily. You're not going to find this in a motorcycle shop. Um, if you want to buy it online, you're going to pay shipping because it's got to go ground. Uh, this is called ACF 50, and it's, uh, it comes out of the aircraft industry. And it's kind of like a, a hyper WD forty mixture. Gotcha. Got a little little uh um mineral oil in it. It's got some uh what is it, naphtha, I think. But uh I started doing some testing with it and it it does some stuff really well. It's not something I would put on to an O-ring sealed chain. Okay. Because like WD forty Uh, the petroleum distillates can get in there and eat up that seal on the O-ring. Sure. And that's what you don't want to have happen. So just like you wouldn't spray an O-ring chain with WD-40, you don't want to put this on a chain. But it is very good at coating things. So like if you're going to store your bike for a while, you could coat all your metal with it. That way when the neighborhood cats come and pee on your spokes or whatever, uh, you got a coating on there to protect them from any of that. Nasty cat. Is that
3: a problem here at the studio? Is that something I should be aware of? Oh man. So, uh,
0: uh, anyways, like I say, you can you can buy it online if you want, but it's also available at like marine supply stores or aircraft supply stores, of which there's probably a few of those right down around Boeing Field or many of the other air uh, landing strips that we have. Yeah, some of the airports with the
3: supply stores. Should I do that on my? uh... My do You think in the winter time, yeah. Should, I should coat that up.
0: Yeah, in fact, it's 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 commonly used on the exterior metal of aircraft. Okay. To Makes lay sense. a a layer protection in. So they say it will last up to a year.
3: No kidding. When you do that, all right.
0: Just spray it on and wipe it with a rag into the metal, and all your curves go
3: away. I D- tell me, what other show can you get information like that from?
0: I tell you. <laughs> And you know we're gonna we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we we still got a couple tips and tricks to cover.
1: Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by Cycle Barn
3: of Smoky Point, your destination location for all things Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki,
1: and KTM. Featuring a large showroom and fully staffed service area, the Smoky Point Cycle Barn is the place to come and compare all the latest models, have your bike serviced, and shop for aftermarket apparel and parts. Visit them online at CycleBarn.com.
2: Hi, I'm Ron Fox. I live on the Kitsap Peninsula in the town of Poulsbo. My favorite ride down here is the Vista House. The curves are great, the road is in great shape, and it is fun. Hi, everybody. This is Ryan Brown from Seattle Cycle Center, and you're listening to The Soundwriter Show.
3: on into the closing segment here on the february show and we never would leave you without some tips and tricks even in the heart of winter here so what do you want to do tom you want to kick it off or do you want me to to i'll kick it off all right let's see what you got
0: oh you're talking about tires earlier yep and uh I, i started thinking about this the other day you know i've i own a motorcycle and uh it's supposed to look like a dual sport motorcycle like an adventure bike or something uh, so, you know, your question, is it really a, a dual sport or an adventure bike, or is this bike more suited for the street? Sure. And I've, I've come up with a way to figure that out. When the manufacturer uh, does a photo shoot with the bike, if the bike, first of all, if the bike doesn't have spokes, don't be taking that thing off road too Fair much. Because yeah. it just, it's. <laughs> that,
3: That's a rim job. Those to rims
0: have it. don't yeah. like that. Yeah. But secondly, if they show the bike with street tires on it, that's a street bike. It's a street bike. Yeah, yeah. And you know, granted, I got you know, I, I swapped mine out on uh, on the bike I have, my my little adventure road burner, and I can go off road if I want. I could do fire roads and all that, uh, and I basically would do that if I want a shortcut or I know there's just a, a little segment I want to venture onto, but in terms of going out for a week on, on one of our tours on Sasquatch, no, I'm not yeah. going to do that with that bike. So uh, when you see the bike advertised with street tires, that's what we call advertised as is
3: right so i shouldn't uh look for some 50 50s to put on my new hayabusa that i've got on uh, no and and and,
0: and, and, you know i don't want to i don't want to turn the show into an adventure motorcycle show if you're a cruiser owner and you see a cruiser bike that's advertised with knobby tires somebody's full
3: of crap Although, don't we see down at the Rally in the Gorge, uh, usually just about every year, a Harley that's, uh, oh, that's true. with that? That's yeah. true. We do. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think he, does, he, he rides that in some pretty gnarly places. Well,
0: he's working on that. That's <laughs> his life project. Yeah, that's his life project.
3: Yeah, I think overall, though, a, a good guiding light to look at the, uh, the pamphlet there in the dealership. And if it shows it with street tires, you should probably stick with that. Yep. Or so buy two motorcycles.
0: Hey, now you're starting to talk. In right. fact, buy two
3: of mine because yeah. I want to
0: go from three from five to three. So
3: there you go. So my tip this month: I've been uh, visiting a lot of dealers lately, and just through that process, you know, I've noticed there's been a lot of good deals on helmets and that kind of thing. So I've just kind of tried a few on and kind of looked at like some of the fit compared to the helmets that I have. And a you realize that there is a lot of variability in kind of the subtle comfort and fit. From helmet brand to helmet brand. Yeah. So as a starting point, um, it might be good to try on a few of these just to see if that helmet that you've had for three or four years is still one that fits appropriately or if it's as comfortable as something else out there because there's a lot of great deals to be had.
0: And the chances are if you go to a dealer that's well-stocked. Uh, right now, like you said, there's some good deals, yeah. and there is, and and some of the deals that are happening in retail right now are better than what I'm seeing online. Yes. So if you're gonna go and put these helmets on your head, don't 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 set your sights on leaving the store and not buying the helmet there. Right. Go ahead and buy it there and tell the guy if you, if you wanted to price match, a lot of them will, but I think some of them are out there less than what you find them on the internet right
3: now. I couldn't agree more, and it's also kind of segues. It's a good time if you're going to need some service done on your bike. Still, winter service rates are in effect, so you can kind of kill two birds with one stone. You can True. save a lot of money, get a discount on a helmet, and then apply that savings to the helmet, and bam. Yeah. You got yourself a new helmet.
0: And we're seeing uh, dealers are getting their inventories in right now on tires for spring. Yep. So if you think you need to get some tires, take advantage of those winter rates, and they'll probably have them on the shelf for you.
3: Yeah, great
0: point. You know, the nice thing about buying tires at a dealer is you can see the date codes.
3: Yes. You so buy them
0: you online, know. they don't show you the date coat. You don't have You find out idea. you bought a two-year-old tire.
3: That's right. And you put that thing on for a year, and next thing you know, you go out to the garage and it's cracking. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Kind of like your phone screen there, Kind of
3: like my phone screen, yeah. Maybe that's what happened to this. It's a three-year-old phone. I got to take that back. Um, But also along with that, you know, looking at helmets, I also realized that going back to my helmet that I own, you know what? Face shields get a little worn out. Oh, yeah. So that's a good thing in the wintertime to kind of do a thorough inspection of your face shield because some of that stuff may uh, buff out, but you also just might need a new face shield. So... You got to kind of take that into consideration there, and make sure it's ready to go. I like to clean my face shield once a year. This is the Try time I'm going to clean it, it once yeah. a year. Good for you. I put some of that. uh What is that? That ACF fifty.
0: On oh there. yeah, it. yeah. It's That'll all eat you know. it up real good. Yeah, that's right, got yeah. Petroleum <laughs> distillates in it. Somebody will tell you. Oh, that stuff's really great oh, because great, the flies man. don't stick to it. And blah blah blah. And it's like. Wrong on a face shield. And I
3: feel faster just because I know they use it on aircrafts. But yeah, you know, a couple of things to consider around the helmets there. So that's my tip of the month.
0: All righty. Well, that brings us to the end of the show here. And uh, glad you rode along with us for the whole ride here. We're going to be back next month with more information and more events, more news bites, more tips and tricks. It's just jam packed full of good stuff,
3: moto wise. It's always something. We'll see you in March on the Sound Rider Show.
2: The Sound Writer Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patients of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on The Sound Writer Show.